Guys, welcome to another episode of Pick Johnny's Brain, where climbers, listeners of this podcast, send in their music marketing questions, uh, whatever those questions are, guys, any and all of them. If it's about digital marketing, music promo, the music business, live shows, publishing, artist development, production, you know, anything that's oriented to your career and the betterment of it. If there's questions you have, send them into info at daredevilproduction.com. Production is singular. There is no S. Info at daredevilproduction.com. Put pick Johnny's brain in the subject line so it gets into the right folder. And then I'll read through them on the air and answer them the best that I can and try to give you some perspective. If you haven't downloaded the free informational PDF, 21 Biggest Reasons You Don't Have More Fans and How to Fix It, go to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. It's free to you. Just tell us where to send it. Just for playing our home game, this is a document that's going to get your head straight and get you thinking, hopefully untying some of the knots on how you would chase marketing and, and execute effective marketing in the old music business with broadcast platforms and how to apply that better and get you asking the right questions on how to effectively execute promotion on digital platforms. They're different. And before you can get into specifics, you really need to know what the big differences are so you're not trying to shove square blocks into round holes, if that makes sense. So, uh, And then finally, we're available for consultation, guys. Reaching a broader audience on the podcast, we we uh, we can't be specific to certain to your certain situation and so a lot of times you can take this knowledge that you have and when you try to apply it it's a little tricky as you try to chunk it down and be more specific and more niche to what you're doing so uh, reach out to us it, we do charge for this but you know a one-on-one consultation is going to connect all the dots for you personally we'll review your assets what's working for you what's not working for you things that you should be focusing your attention on to make sure that the precious time you have to put towards your career and the precious resources that you have are being spent in the correct manner, in the most effective manner, and that you're not, you know, wasting anything, okay? I love Pick Your Johnny's Brain because it gives you guys a chance when we're answering what's on your mind, it keeps us relevant and we want to make sure that we're not, don't think we're so smart that we know what you want to know. We, we don't. And, and these questions help. So I'm going to kind of roll these from the bottom and moved up here. Um, this is from Steve Mason, who is uh, actually a, a client and a friend. He's got his own studio down in Florida. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Two Moon Junction, I believe, is the uh, name of the studio. It says, hi, Johnny, coming from someone who only likes to, he only likes to write songs and instrumentals, but has a deep appreciation for artists. What is the best angle for an artist exposure during these COVID times? Apologies if you've already covered the topic. Steve, I think the best angle is, is you know the answer to this, it's digital. It's digital marketing. Everybody's had to pivot. Gosh, we've, just in 2019, I think we reached, um, you know, January 2019, we reached a, a threshold where artists were feeling enough pain from failure of trying to do radio campaigns and secondary radio and not connecting enough that they wanted to touring and how can we reach more fans. And so, I, you know, I found myself in Daredevil having a list of things that I was supposed to work on for my company. And all of a sudden, me being the digital marketer and being the only guy in the company at the time that was digitally marketing 
and this is beyond social media. This is the real, you know, paid traffic, digital marketing stuff. I, my whole 2019 for eight, nine months of 2019, I was working in the business instead of on the business. So I got a, hired a Facebook manager and we coordinate every week and, and, uh, you know, help craft campaigns and everything like that. But now I don't have to monitor that stuff. I help to craft it. I'm behind the strategy of it and the actual implementation is, um, is outsourced to somebody on my team so I can work again on my business. And I think that's, that happened in 2019, then 2020 and COVID. And my goodness, like we've, we've grown tremendously because artists don't have a choice now. They're not too busy touring to blow off the transformation that they need to get to, to go to digital marketing. COVID times, this downtime is the absolute number one, very, very best time that you can retool your blueprint. Instead of sitting around complaining why you can't be touring and you're not busy doing all the things you used to do, and by no fault of your own, this is the time to really get in and explore, okay, how can we pivot? How can we change? How can we how can we do this better and make more money when it fires back up again? How can I make sure that every time I'm out touring, I'm making more money per head at the show than I was the year before? And digital marketing is the key. And the artists that are going to that, you know, Joe Bonamassa is a completely self-contained artist. I predict that to a large degree, he's going to be one of the let's just call them messiahs of the new music industry where he's his own record label. He's his own booking agent. He's his own tour promoter. Uh, he's the artist. He's the writer. He hires the band. He's the music director. He's the everything. And they are making boatloads of cash, a very comfortable seven figure living Joe Bonamassa makes. Okay. And you're like, well, step one, be Joe Bonamassa. Blah, 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 blah. But you know what? There's plenty of artists out there who gross way more than Joe Bonamassa does, like 10 times more than what Joe Bonamassa does and make 10 times less than what he takes home because they've got, they're doing it the old way and they're wasting money. And this is just, you know, switching over to digital is a much more effective and much more efficient and much more cost effective methodology. I mean, Joe Bonamassa has a list. He knows who's responding to him. He knows who those people are. But major labels don't even know who their customers are. So think about that when you're thinking about you want that label deal, right? Well, they don't even know who their customers are. Jimmy Iovine said that. We did a, a recent episode on that. You know, Jimmy Iovine's like the artists have relationships and the DSPs, the, the streaming services, have relationships with their customers, but the labels don't. And the labels have never had relationships with their customers uh, or with the end users, I should say, because the customers, the labels were who? Who paid the record labels for the products that they made? The records, the tapes, the 8-track tapes, the cassettes, the CDs. Who did they get their checks from? That's who their customers are. Those were the distributors. That was Sam Goody, Musicland, Tower Records, Walmart, Best Buy, Kmart, Target. These are the companies who paid the record labels for their products. These are the record labels' customers. And now you have Apple paying record labels and Spotify paying record labels. And these are the new customers for the record labels. But they are not the end users. We're the end users. The fans are the end users. And having the data to understand as an artist right? Like what, who you're, and, and by the way, Steve Mason, as a studio owner, 
right? Who are these people that are buyers? Who are these people that are kicking the tires? What kind of funnel do the kick the tires people need to be in to get to know Steve Mason better? Right. What kind of funnel do we need to have these people in? What kind of what kind of content did, did, does a cold audience from an artist need to see to make them a warm audience? And and how does that how does that work? Because the the formula is still the same. It's get the art and the artist in front of new eyeballs and let them do their thing. So, um, man, I think exposure is about getting in front of new eyeballs and digital marketing is the most strategic way to do that because you can do it. By genre for an artist, you can do it uh, with a spin on a certain song. We had an amazing run with uh, Curtis Brawley, who uh, covered a song from Mariah Carey called Hero. It was a song that literally saved this artist's life. He was going to commit suicide that day. He was writing his suicide letter. And we filmed an interview, a four-minute interview of him explaining the moment that this happened. And we attached that four-minute interview with just his face to the video that he made of his cover interpretation of Mariah Carey's Hero He's a gay country artist. He's getting beat up every day in high school, just getting pummeled on a regular basis, hated school because everybody was a jerk to him. And this one song made him realize that he had to take the power within, that it wasn't up to anybody else to grant him happiness. He had to find it for himself. And so all of a sudden now I'm not just targeting to country or like a gay audience necessarily, but I'm targeting to, you know, suicide prevention. I'm talking, I'm talking like, because of the subject matter of the song specifically, it opened up some other audiences and we got some other people interested in the artist that way, you see. So you can get this surgical with digital marketing. And if you're not, you're kind of a, a little bit on the cray cray side. There you go. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Oh, I hope that helps with that, Steve. That, I mean, you guys, you need to be, you need to be embracing social media. You need to be embracing owning the, a, a methodology to own the information. When you're using Facebook and Instagram ads for targeting, you're able to surgically target people. You're able to get not only consumption numbers, but actual, when somebody watches an, like that eight minute video from Curtis Brawley, 
because it was a four minute music video plus the four minute interview. We mashed it together. It was a long video. We did a campaign after we optimized. I mean, he's paying 33 cents for an eight minute view, a 100% eight minute view, 33 cents. For somebody to listen to eight minutes of his 50% of his story and then an entire music video, the exposure, that's exposure right there. That's amazing exposure for 33 cents a person. That's amazing. Okay. And he's got something to say and it was really sincere and it was a great video. And so he's, he improved his fan base by doing that, but he didn't, uh, improve his fan base by thinking about doing it. He had to actually execute it, right? So there's that one. I hope that helps. Thank you, Steve Mason. The next one is, this is from Kent. Looks like Kent Swain. Uh, It says, thank you, Johnny, for the weekly podcast. My questions are oriented more towards songwriting, but I thought they might make an interesting discussion on a future climb episode. So we're going to do a mini-sode here, but Question one, Brent Baxter recently found some success as a Southern gospel lyricist. Is there a market for outside songs, quote unquote, tunes not written by the artists and other genres with links to country such as Americana? My short answer for that is absolutely, Kent. I think a good song is a good song is a good song is a good song. A great song is a great song is a great song. And how many times have you seen like I Swear, which is the song that... Uh, John Michael Montgomery had a number one hit with simultaneously that same song was a big number one hit in the pop market with boys to men. And I think they crossed over from pop into R and B and a couple other uh, genres as well, because it's a good song and, and it worked for both things. If you think about Natalie and Brulia's torn, the, that song, the, the songwriter was more of an Americana sort of singer songwritery, dark, brooding song that you would expect in a coffee house kind of delivery, I think. And they're a little, they're rockish, Americana rockish. And then, and it was slow and brooding and tear the flesh from bone. And then Natalie Imbruglia and her producer got together and turned it into this up-tempo pop song and made it work there too. It's a good song. So if the song is good, yeah, there's a market for it. But the question is, you know, do, how do you access the market? That's relationships, relationships, relationships. You got to be in the game. You got to be making friends. You got to be talking to people. And I promise you, if your songs are ready, the cream will rise to the top. The energy will flow to you. If you feel like it's not flowing to you enough, you're either not meeting enough people with songs that are ready or your songs aren't ready yet. And you need to do some more work and you need to be on the search for greatness. And you need to be thinking more about how do I make this better? You know, I'm about to talk with an artist right now and have a meeting. I'm going to remind him that Randy Rhodes, a famous guitar player from Ozzy Osbourne, after he was touring with Ozzy, the pinnacle of his career, he's a famous guitar god now. He co-wrote those first two records. He's making money. He's out on tour. Every stop on tour, Randy Rhodes, the virtuoso guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne, on his first two solo records after Black Sabbath, he was going into music stores and getting guitar lessons. What kind of humility is involved with that? And half the time that he went to get a guitar lesson, he would end up giving one because he was better than the teacher. But the search for excellence, there's something out there. I don't know what it is. Somebody's going to show me something and it's going to help me do something different 
like moving forward. And that search, that itch was so strong that he had to scratch. This is greatness, right? So it's all about that humility and about creating those relationships and the humility of wanting to be knowing that you can improve all the time. What don't you know? You don't know everything. You'll never know everything. Uh, Question two, I recall Brent briefly mentioning a National Poet Laureate, Ted Kuzer. For tunesmiths who aren't strong lyricists, do you have any tips for teaming up with the poet and guiding them to become a lyricist? Um, Well, I mean, you know, if you talk to the doors, they're just going to tell you Jim Morrison had these poems and they just kind of put them to music. Um, I believe you could make a pretty good argument that that is exactly how an accurate argument that that's how Bernie Taupin and Elton John worked. You know, they were never in the same room writing a song together. Bernie Taupin wrote the words first and then gave a paper full of words to, to Elton John. And he crafted them into melodies and and chord changes and a feel. And that's what made that duo so freaking amazing. And then, you know what, go back, I, Go back and listen to some of those old Elton John songs, like not just the hits, man. Like go back and listen to the full records and listen to the breadth of, I mean, you go from Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting to I'm Still Standing. You know, one song is more of a tongue-in-cheek, novelty-ish kind of a thing that happened to be a hit. And the other song, it's got a message to it, you know. They they were all over the map in, in the ways that they... In the style of writing, some of it was sort of ethereal and some of it was very on point. And, um, and, and they were just strange poems, I think, in a lot of cases, which is my, I guess, my ultimate point that, that they were able to make that happen. So, yeah, man, I think you just, it either works or it doesn't work. The lyrics, the, the, the poet's interested in becoming a lyricist. I don't know that you need to maybe, a poet might be interested in doing that, but they might be interested in seeing how you would adapt their poetry to a song. Right. Instead of trying to change somebody, what they're doing, just see if, if there's some words that interest you as, as, as an artist or as a singer and you want to begin to craft that to some songs, you know, just go ahead and do it and then see what they think. And then the relationships build from there. I guess that's the way I would approach that. Um, so this last one here is from Zach Ferry. He says, hey there, love the podcast. I have been based north of Toronto. We have an international member here. I love that. Um, just starting to record my own songs with a producer named Sean Moore. I am in the process of signing up with SoCan, which is a performance rights organization up in Canada. I don't sing, but I've been working with the singer, and I'm starting to enter some songwriting contests. All that being said, I would love to hear your perspective on what I should do from a social media perspective and people I should start connecting with. Well, I'm going to, I don't know what the outcome of the question is. What's the, what is it that you want to get to Zach would be the question. I would have to answer that question with a question. Um, I mean, it, you're, if you're not the artist, then you don't necessarily need to be connecting with fans. So you're looking for maybe more artists or industry people that you can, that you can work with and, and, you know, good content works on industry people just as well as it works on, on fans. So if you've got a singer who's a killer singer and they can sit down and slay one of your songs and you've got a great song. And then I would be, I would be one to target industry people. Maybe if you're trying to get some interest in your music as a songwriter or in uh, if you're trying to help promote this artist, then maybe also you want to be connecting with some fans and, with, you know, like a B2C thing, business to consumer. Um, and then beyond that, like where and what? So what's the goal? Like, 
you know, with some of our artists, they want to do more of a nationwide kind of a thing. They've got a budget. They want to just kind of get the, get the energy up and get the, get the awareness up of the artist. With some artists that we work with, they're very like, hey, we live here in Michigan and we've got families and we can't tour all over the world. So what we're interested in is growing our draw in our region so that we can make more money when we do play out somewhat locally. Uh, these are just decisions that are made with how you're going to target people and who you should connect with on that. On that, I would say if it's B2B, if you're targeting songwriting stuff, then you know it might be um, an interesting idea to put this out in the universe and say, hey, what if I took the same song and had multiple singers sing it and interpret it? So if it's like a really, really good song, like your best song, and you have three or four different people singing it and completely interpreting it a different way, and you're putting that out on your feed, that would be really interesting, I think. As an industry person, I would want to, then all I'm, I keep coming back to the song, like, who is this guy? And, and as long as it's clear in your bio that I'm a songwriter and, you know, I'd love to work with your artists or whatever, um, you're demonstrating for free what your songs are going to be like and the kinds of outcomes you can have. And there's, there, it's not going to be painted by one artistic interpretation from a singer um that's really interesting you know if if the goal for you is to get more awareness as a songwriter and try to work with more industry people and work into some more singles if your goal is that you are trying to grow this singer that you're working with as a brand using your songs then it'd be more of a, a b2c kind of a thing so anyway guys hope that helps that's it for today once again, send your questions into info at daredevilproduction.com. Production is singular. There is no S. Info at daredevilproduction.com and put pick Johnny's brain into the subject line and download the free PDF. It's, it's just going to reframe everything you're thinking about and get you thinking more towards a digital how to think on a digital platform, how to honor the platform. It's, it's step one on how to do that. Okay. This is a really important document to learn, to get you untied from trying to recreate the way that you were marketed to on radio, because that's not going to work on digital. Um, not to say that it's bad. It's just not going to work over here. You know? Um, so that goes to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. It's free to you. Just tell us where to send it. Click on the button. And then finally, we're available for consultation. Same email address, info at daredevilproduction.com. Put consultation in the subject line, and we'll get something on the books. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, guys. Social, 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 social media. Social media. Social media. Challenge. 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 Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 